Sing. Lay it on. Pass the joint, dude. <laughs> okay, we've got powwow season. You know, we went to the Shawnee powwow a couple a couple weeks ago. It was great. There's a Lansing traditional uh, powwow in Lansing. Two weekends from now, I'm going to traditional powwows. No more competitive powwows for me. No, U of M is competitive. There's competition, but the Tecumseh powwow is coming up. You know, you're just dancing up. for the man when you go to That's a competitive true. powwow. <laughs> you know, dancing for the man. I, I, you know, I mean, that's a bummer, man. You know. I think I'm going to moon Major him next time. Bummer. The next time I see the man, I'm going to moon him. Uh, yeah, so we got the Walk for the Ancestors coming up on the 30th. I want to let folks know about that. And we actually have to go. We're all done. We had a, like, spontaneous interview. I think that this was a really groovy but time. I, I, I don't know. I mean, is time real, Shermie? I'm not know. sure the show's really over, that. man. I think it is. I think that... Mike Perini is going to show up next with some Pandora's I'm starting lunchbox. to hear purple. I'm, st- <laughs> I'm starting, to, starting to see like a B-flat note of music. Oh, man, this is great. All right. Well, we hope you come back and groove with us again next week, man. We're going to blow your minds. Right, Ollie? That's right. See you next week. Okay. Keep on trucking. A box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's said Hand off his box A box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have Half a mind to leave you Babe that means I have Half a mind to stay It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food most of the time, and other times I'm not really sure what to make of it. But today we're going to talk about food and a bunch of other things, too, and stuff. First of all, though, I want to mention that the Detroit Festival of the Arts is coming up this weekend, and there's going to be a lot of great music and food at the Detroit Festival of the Arts. Admission is free for all the music, the food. You know, you got to buy those tickets at those booths and things and wait in line and look at other people and go, oh, why didn't I get one of those? And then you, you trade it, food with them. It's it's a great system that you might want to start this weekend. It's going to be a lot of great musical artists at the Detroit Festival of the Arts, which is near the DIA, the Detroit Institute of Arts. People like Balkan Beatbox, who you might have heard on Yelchin's program on Sundays. That is Dromedary Express. Yel- Yelchin plays Balkan Beatbox a lot. And then there's Sierra Leone's Refugee All-Stars. Then there's people like Lila Downs. And this is Lila Downs' recipe for uh, mole, I believe. They say in Oaxaca, you drink coffee with mezcal. They say in Oaxaca, you drink coffee with mezcal. Urban smoke are plenty to chase away the light. Urban smoke are plenty to chase away the light. I like to try the mole, that's soledad is going to grind. I like to try the mole, that soledad is going to grind.
That's Lila Downs and her recipe for mole. That is La Cumbia de Mole. That's from her album called La Cantina on the Fiesta label. And Lila Downs is going to be at the Detroit Festival of Arts, which is happening near the DIA this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. She's going to be there on Saturday at 9.30 p.m. And a whole cornucopia of plethoras will also be there musically, including a group called XD Way, which is alternative chamber music with a Chinese influence, so they say. Samite of Uganda will be there. The Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain will be there. The Roomful of Blues, the. <laughs> Dengue Fever will be performing on Friday. That's a Cambodian rock band. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and you can look it all up about the Detroit Festival of the Arts at DetroitFestival.com. And did I mention lots of food? I think so. That's where I had my first deep-fried Mars bar, which is a Scottish specialty, which was offered there, and it was caloric. And this is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. Also coming up this weekend is an event by one of my favorite groups, Food Gatherers. This is a food rescue organization that's been in Washtenaw County for some years now, actually rescuing food that might otherwise get thrown away, and they're having 
one of their big annual events called Grillin' for Food Gatherers. That's coming up this Sunday from 3 to 8 p.m. at the Washtenaw Farm Council grounds. It's going to be music and a silent auction and food, of all things, as a matter of fact. All of that at the Washtenaw County, sorry, the Washtenaw Farm Council grounds. And you can find out all about that at their website, foodgatherers.org, about Grillin' 2007. And that'll give you information on how to get tickets and stuff like that. It's a benefit for food gatherers that they do every year. And that's something that came to mind because I just heard recently that 1.2 million people in Michigan live on food stamps. And the maximum benefit they can receive is $5 per person per day. Uh, Recently, a group of state and local officials took up the food stamp challenge, which is something that other politicians also have in other parts of the country. The food stamp challenge was taken up by State Representative Andy Kaloris from Saginaw and a bunch of other people. This week, they're trying to eat on $5 a day with food stamps. And I'm going to try to get in touch with them and find out what that's all about, how that worked out for them and what they learned. And obviously doing it to let people know about the plight of people who live on food stamps. And that's something they've been doing this week. I'm going to try to get in touch with them very soon. In the meantime, there's a whole lot to talk about in Michigan and around the world when it comes to food. One thing I just want, I usually babble on for a while when I go on a little vacation. I visit my parents in Omaha, Nebraska, and I go across the border to Iowa and hit some of the highlights like Kansas and Missouri and stuff like that. I haven't been to Kansas, but I'm working on that. But I had some vaguely food-oriented experiences that I want to share with you. But first of all, we're going to listen to this. This is a 45 I found in Canesville Collectibles. Collectibles is, of course, spelled with a K. And this was something I found, a 45 there at this 45 and LP Palace that I loved so much. I walked into there and it was, why it was like 1985. I partied like it was 1985, in fact. And, And then I played this record. This is something that stands the test of time today, in a manner of speaking. This is Cheaper Crude or No More Food. sing a different tune. Crude oil prices have got so high it's getting hard to survive. And I'll bet those Middle East countries are having a laugh. Cause the way things are going, well it won't be very long till we're shelling out a buck and a half for a gallon of gas. If they don't lower the gas, we're gonna lower the boom. Quit shipping all that wheat and corn, forget the golden rule. And if they still want to play rough, we'll show them what's really tough. Let them make a loaf of bread from a gallon of crude. If you folks in the Middle East are listening to me, you better listen to what I'm saying and tell a friend. Because we'll take it for a while, but uh, once you get us riled, you're going to think you got a tiger by the tail. If you don't lower the gas, we're gonna lower the boom. Quit shipping all that wheat and corn and forget the golden rule. Don't forget, we can last longer without crude than y'all can food. So if you don't lower the gas, we're gonna lower the boom. I'll tell you folks out there, old Bobby so fine is having himself a rough time lately. Yesterday I coasted my 56 Cadillac down into Ribby's Rock Song Station. I told Ribby to fill that sucker up. He took one look at me and one look at that gas hog and said, You've got to have yourself a co-signer, son. I tell you, folks, our farmers feed the world with their crops. 
And that includes the countries I've been talking about. If they don't lower the price of crude, we'll just raise the price of food. Let them pay ten bucks for a one-pound loaf of bread. If they don't lower the gas, we're gonna lower the boom. Quit shipping all that wheat and corn, forget the golden rule. We've been nice guys long enough, now's the time to get tough. Cheaper crude or no more food, and I really mean it. Cheaper crude or no more food. Are you listening, Hoss? Co-sider. can hardly keep up with that one. That is Cheaper Crude or No More Food. That is Bobby So Fine Butler. And that record was, need I say, So Fine. That was from the late 70s, of course, but uh, you could just feel it, you know. Nonetheless, it is something that is relevant today. They, they left out the verse about um, the major oil companies making about $38 gazillion in profits every minute. I, that, that verse wasn't in there. I think that was in the outtake. But nonetheless, Cheaper Crude or No More Food by Bobby So Fine Butler. And uh, where were we? This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and, and none of the statements on these records that I play reflect the opinions of the regents of the University of Michigan, who license this facility. And coming up at 7 o'clock, it's Arwolf and Face the Music. But as I was mentioning a moment ago, I did go away for a while and got confused and ended up turning into Ed Special. No, actually, Ed Special did the show for me, and thank you, Ed, for doing that two weeks ago. And uh, hold on just a second here. This is some information. Speaking of food and information about fresh food and such in Ann Arbor, there's a nonprofit that's taking root in Ann Arbor, I found out in the Ann Arbor News. This happened while I was gone. See, I missed it, and I feel kind of bad about that. But nonetheless, a group called the Fair Food Foundation is opening up. It's a new nonprofit organization dedicated to bringing fresh, locally produced, and sustainably grown food to southeast Michigan. It'll be setting up shop in downtown Ann Arbor. The Fair Food Foundation is expected to award annual grants worth between $12 million and $20 million per year starting in 2008. The goal, they say, is to redesign a food supply system that has left urban populations with little access to fresh food. And this is something I'm going to follow up on, too, in the next few weeks. There's a lot to talk about. There is a food farm. There's a farm bill in Congress I'd like to talk to a guest about soon. Also, we'll look at the Fair Food Foundation but right now, we need to do something a little less relevant. I think that's important at this time. This actually was on Ed special show when he did the program for me. And this was slightly disturbing, and it's something I never want to hear again. I'd like to share that with you right now. Chat, Justin. Only five minutes in the woods and you got one. Great job. I saw him coming. You're going to put some meat in the freezer this year, I think. I promised him a squirrel sandwich, and that is what he's going to get after squirrel. You've heard of tuna melts or patty melts. Why not squirrel melts? Well, this is Justin's squirrel. It's a nice, young, tender squirrel, and we're gonna start by poaching this. I've got some simmering water. He's kinda cute. I'm gonna put his little tender butt in there. Now, when it's all done and cooled, you wanna pick all the meat off the bone and shred it. And I've got some already done here. I've got probably about a cup, a cup and a half of meat. Now I'm adding pecans. You can use, again, what kind of nut you like. Uh, cashews work really well, but I like pecans. You know how squirrels like nuts. And then to that, just add some mayo. Stir that all around. This makes a nice weekend snack, maybe while watching a football game, or you can take it to a tailgate party. 
We're just gonna get these and some English muffins now. Oh, and it smells good. I'm sure this is good cold too. And there they are, squirrel milk. These are really nutritious, tasty. And they are gonna be simply delicious. Perfecto. Cheese is all nice and melted. And the squirrel salad is all heated up. Squirrel melts. You must try them. Mmm, squirrel hot dogs, squirrel freeze pops, squirrel mole quesadillas. I'm sorry, this is Pandora's Lunchbox, and that was really disturbing. I had to share that with you because I need to get it out of my mind, and if it's if other people are disturbed with it as I am, then Misery Loves Company. So uh, that was something that Ed Special played on my show two weeks ago. The reason I mentioned squirrels, there is a reason for this. Uh, I went out to Omaha, Nebraska to see my folks, and out there just across the border in Council Bluffs, Iowa, is a squirrel cage jail. Now, what is a squirrel cage jail? It's It was the Pottawatomie County Jail from 1885 to 1969 in Council Bluffs, Iowa. The actual building on the outside is a pleasant Victorian Gothic-styled building which with detailed brickwork and limestone trim, but the inside wasn't quite as um, pleasant. It was a jail. The jail portion consisted of three, a three-story metal drum, 28 feet high and 24 feet in diameter, suspended from an iron beam on the fourth floor. The cylinder, the drum, has ten pie-shaped cells on each floor designed to hold two prisoners per cell. Since there was only one entrance or exit on each floor, the entire cylinder had to be turned with a hand crank until the cell was lined up with the opening in a large circular cage. For additional security, a water wheel was also reputedly used to continuously rotate the squirrel cage at night when the jailer went to bed. This is information from the Historical Society website of the Pottawatomie County, Iowa. The resulting racket from the water wheel would, have, would make sleep almost impossible, and any evidence of this power source was removed long ago. On September 11th, ooh, 1885, the Council Bluffs Globe reported that Sheriff Theodore Guitar, G-U-I-T-T-A-R, Ted Guitar, Jailer Shantz, and Constable McFadden had moved the first inmates into the jail. The first guests at the squirrel cage included murderer Cuff Johnson, horse thief Miles Mullen, forger Frank Schofield, confidence man Ed Rankin, John Gordon, who had violated the revenue laws, and Mr. and Mrs. Brock and their teenage daughter had been transferred from Manning, Iowa, and were all imprisoned for larceny. In August 1904, the non newspaper reported that the jail got stuck for three days. In 1908, a different grand jury, as they say here, condemned the squirrel cage as a crusty clink health hazard. The jail would ultimately be condemned by over two dozen similar grand juries throughout the years. But a few good times at the jail also appeared in newspapers. One November 1918 article described the annual Thanksgiving dinner given to the 30 men and one woman, then incarcerated at the squirrel cage. According to the article, the hospitality of the jailer and the home cooking of his wife brought smiles to the faces of each unfortunate, and they were the recipients of hearty and sincere congratulations. The Thanksgiving dinner served to prisoners that year included celery soup, a Prohibition-era Manhattan cocktail, the Kaiser's goat, which was reportedly intentionally too tough to eat, roast goose with dressing, we'll get to goose in a minute, mashed potatoes, creamed peas, olives, bread and butter, coffee, assorted pies a la mode, 
pies a la mode. See, the cells were cut off like cut up like pies shapes, and so that was probably symbolic to make them realize how lucky they were. And cigarettes. One of the most unusual incidents in the history of the Squirrel Cage Jail in Council Bluffs, Iowa, occurred during the first years of the Great Depression. As the price of produce sank to new lows, many desperate Iowa farmers gathered in 1932 to form the Farmers' Holiday Association under the leadership of Milo Reno. That year, some local farmers blocked the roads into Council Bluffs in order to inflate prices paid for farm produce. After violence broke out at the pickets on Highway 275, 84 protesters were arrested and taken to the squirrel cage. Several hundred sympathetic farmers, mostly from Plymouth County, then came to Council Bluffs to protest. Out of fear that the angry farmers would storm the jail and set the prisoners free, the police department used machine guns to turn the grounds of the jail and the courthouse into a no-man's land. One officer died during the confusion after he shot himself inside the jail. That is something. That's the Pottawatomie County Squirrel Cage Jail in Council Bluffs, Iowa. And you can get a look at it at the website. This historical society had the terrific luck of having the ability to have their website, to have their, their um, web, web, what's the name? The, the name on your website. It's, it's a web address. Thanks. Thehistoricalsociety.org. So if you're looking for The Historical Society, it is the Historical Society of Pottawatomie County, Iowa. Thehistoricalsociety.org. And they have pictures on the website of some of the scrawlings on the walls of the jail. Some of them personal notes, some of them drawings of this and that, and it's really kind of cool, actually. That's my experience from the Squirrel County Jail. Now, as I, I promised, we would get to geese in a minute, so let's just get right to it, shall we? Here are the 10 best goose callers in the world from the World Championship Goose Calling Contest in Missouri Valley, Iowa. Each caller will start with a Canada call, then a blue and snow goose, and finish up with the call of the white front goose. Uh-uh. 
We've now exited the goose call portion of today's program. We were listening to the best goose callers in the world from the World Championship Goose Calling Contest in Missouri Valley, Iowa. I wasn't there, but I got the record. And this record was available at a photo shop in, in, in Missouri Valley, Iowa. Anyway, I can't think when this is going. This is too exciting for me. Hold on. This is the original Manamana, by the way. WCBN is a valuable service bringing you the original recordings, the source recordings for much of our cultural experiences. This was from the soundtrack of the movie Sweden, Heaven, and Hell, which we all remember so well. Later done rather poorly by the Muppets. I must say the Muppets, you know, they just didn't have the feel, man. They just didn't they just didn't have it, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so this has been Pandora's Lunchbox, and I don't have much of an excuse anymore for that. But I want to recap some of the things that have been going on, that are going on. First of all, Food Gatherers has their annual grilling event. This is going on at the Washtenaw Farm Council grounds. This Sunday from 3 to 8 p.m., a benefit for the great food gathering organization that rescues several million pounds of food in Washtenaw County every year. And you can find out about that at foodgatherers.org. And... Also, the Detroit Festival of the Arts I've been mentioning earlier. You heard some from Lila Downs there, who is going to be performing on Saturday. But also, also coming to us from overseas, the Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain will be performing. And that's just a very exciting piece of news. They'll be performing on Saturday night at 7.30 at the Detroit Festival of the Arts, which takes place near the DIA. And I just got a call from Lucas Geyer, who is a WCBN alum and... Uh, hi, and, Lucas. Hi, Lucas. That's that's Arwolf saying hi, Lucas, and we'll be saying hi to Arwolf in, in just a moment, as a matter of fact. But our, uh, Lucas has sent me a link, which I'm going to fly by night and just assume that if I hit this little triangle button here next to the little ball with a line next to it and a couple of little funky uh, things here, the whole computer... Uh, pardon the computer lingo, everybody. I... That's really rude of me. But we're going to hear that and see what it sounds like. This is the Ukulele Orchestra of Britain with two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, please. Two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, please. I love two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, please. Two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, please. I'll have some pickled onions and a little bit of cheese, please. Thank you. Two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, please.
Yes, then. That's the Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain. They're going to be performing at the Detroit Festival of the Arts this Saturday at 7.30 p.m. The Detroit Festival of the Arts. Find all about that at DetroitFestival.org. It's almost 7 o'clock, and it's almost time for Face the Music. It's coming imminently. It's, I can see it coming right now. Here it comes. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being who you've been, and I'm, I've been Mike for at least a half an hour. Thank you so much. Please tune in, and don't stop doing that. Yum. Food Gathers is Washtenaw County's food rescue and food bank program. Every day throughout the year, we fight hunger where we live. Call us at 761-2796 to find out how you can volunteer, how you can donate money, how you can donate food. Call us at 761-2796 to find out the role you can play in fighting hunger. WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement. Thank you, Mike Perini, for another exciting half hour about food and the human condition. I'm glad that you... Oh, go ahead. Thank you, Lucas, for that beautiful piece from the Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain. Yes, Lucas is is a marvelous creature, and any time we hear from him, we are always uh, uniformly delighted I was also very happy that you played that food gatherer's spot because I know that if there's anything Mike Perini hates, it's hunger. That's right. Um, we wanted to bring in Sun Ra here because we have a denizen of Jupiter who has come down and commandeered pretty much the entire show. Um, Large Beat is here. Here's Sun Ra. Sun Ra. 